0: FM Breakfast Show with the double L team Lyle and Lawson. Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening on 876, 878, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM Network. Positively different radio in the morning. And we are going to give a very shout out, special shout out to all those listeners on 88 FM in Byron Bay. Ah, oh. Shout out. I don't know the way we should give a shout out to people in Byron Bay. Why not? Because their life is already so good. (laughs) Yeah, they're
1: rich enough to own all the expensive property in Byron Bay.
0: (laughs) And live in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. (laughs) Although you could live in Leith in Tasmania. You could live in Newcastle. And listen on Mm 87.8. Or the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria, we... Send our condolences on eighty <laughs> 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 uh, That's the great thing about living in New South Wales, you get to pick on Victorians. That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, what would so life be without that? Uh, like, empty. I think it would be empty. <laughs> empty.
1: You know. <laughs> uh, Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Look, I am thankful for just... Just the way that God has been really working in our church, we are coming up to another baptism this weekend, and um, and yeah, I'm also preaching, so like I'm just really thankful to be able to see His Spirit move on Do so You guys
0: hearts. have like a baptism every week, is that? Yeah, well, sort of so we've goes? had
1: one two weeks ago, we've had one this week, and in the coming weeks, you we have a few more coming up. So that's awesome. So it's just God is good, really, that really, is really, really. God is news. good, and we're seeing we're seeing Him work. What are you grateful for this morning, La?
0: Well, I'm grateful that. I made some progress on my ute, which has not been running for while. Oh, me. nice. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, a little bit of progress. That uh-huh. was uh, good to see. So And I got to hang out with my granddaughter. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're about to get into our quiz. Lawson, take it away. All right. The story of the prodigal son appears
1: in Chapter 15 of Which of the Gospels? 0491 Nine. The answer is actually the same as the answer to yesterday's last question. So if you remember back to yesterday's last question, you'll know the answer. 0491 064 669. Again, our prize for this week is basically we are giving you the ability to become your own Theologian, we're giving you the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, which is a Bible study journal that you can read and write in and whatnot. Uh, and then we're giving you Understanding Daniel and Revelation by Mark Finley, uh, either a audio version or you can get a book version, which will basically you'll be able to go through, read the commentary, read the notes, read the book, write down your own notes, get some understanding of oh what is happening in these incre- incredible, amazing books. All about what our future is like. If you would like that, 0491 064669. Again, that question was the story of the prodigal son appears in chapter fifteen of which of the gospels? Zero four nine one zero six four six six
0: nine. Fantastic stuff. So give us a call if you know the answer about Lawson. Give us some positively different news this morning. Some positively different news. La, well, we're gonna talk about grit.
1: Okay. True
0: grit. I like grit. Like, like yeah, the stuff like you, on sandpaper. Like on sandpaper, you can get 80 grit. You can get 120 grit. Dude, get 320 grit. You can get 2000 grit. There's like the hand soap that has like grit
1: in it. You know, I have that, and you're like, it's like sandy. Uh huh. And you wipe your hands. And yes. They get really have clean. Like that. uh-huh. That's really cool. No, we're gonna be talking about true grit in your character
0: um, and how to have a character, so how to have a character that is abrasive and sands everybody else. No, well. Well, it's more persevering and and passionate. True Grit, grit, the kind of True Grit as in you would see demonstrated in the movie True Grit. Sure. I think I've watched that
1: movie. Okay. But... I'm not entirely sure if I remember it but like yeah you know grit within your character the ability to persevere in something despite the circumstances and the situations well a study was done in Ohio State University where they were trying to measure grit and they found you know they were using a few different parameters and they were doing some surveys and they were kind of observing people and seeing and they found one of the things that actually contributes to grit in someone's life in terms of a step you know steps that they can make as a a young person or as a child that will enable them to be grittier quote unquote when they get older is their higher resilience would that be a more yeah resilience yeah with grit resilience is a lame word yeah that's right Grit grit is actually their participation in sports Okay, I, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that also. Now, it's interesting, like, they, they did, you know, run some statistics. And they found that 34% of those who did sports as a youngster scored higher on the grit scale mm-hmm. than those who did not. Uh, And they saw like that people who did sports young, like some type of organized sport or competition were able to, yeah, just score high on these scales of of greediness. Now
0: I can see a lot of reasons why. Yeah, totally. I think it should be obvious. Yeah, that's right. You put someone in an environment where they have to work really hard to succeed. That's right. They have to work hard to succeed. They have to be able to deal with failure. They have to be able to deal with physical pain. Mm. You know, they are not being uh, helicoptered, they are not being cotton-wooled, mm-hmm. they are out in the real world, and so they are dealing with, well, mostly real things. Mm. I think it's, like, there is definitely
1: need for, for balance in this sense, like, I, and for me, coming from a sporting background, like, you you, you realise that you need to come to the conclusion that sports aren't everything,
0: Sports is sports. Absolutely. Particularly like
1: within the Christian context, I see this as a struggle that maybe some parents have is like, oh, how do I expose my kids to sport, which is a good thing, without them, you know, maybe forgetting God and making it their whole life. Which isn't necessarily a no, because good the Bible thing.
0: says at the end of time men should become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and we see that in sports more than anywhere else. <laughs> well, we see that particularly when
1: it comes to viewing sports. Yes. Um, but then even in participation of sports, it's like you know you can say, oh, but like this is a really important thing because it's so noble to be good at a sport and to you know put myself out there and, and blah blah blah. But ultimately, I feel like it can just yeah take us away from our purpose and God. And so, and I just, again, reflecting on my own life, reflecting on my own sporting journey that I've been on and and where I am at now, I can see like, I, cause I participate in a lot of sports now, Mm -hmm. but it's different from when, you know, I was at one time in my life, an aspiring professional athlete and trying to live that life. And I, you know, I get asked all the time, like, Oh, is that ever something you'd want to go back to? You know? And for me, it was motorbike racing. I always get asked. And for me, my flat answer is just no.
0: And, yeah, and this is my big question. You know, if you had succeeded and you were now racing in MotoGP, mm-hmm. uh, what would your relationship with God look like?
1: And the, the obvious answer from looking at all my peers who did succeed yeah. and who are at that level, people that I raced with and I would beat and they'd beat me like I was racing with week in week out, who have like gotten to world champion status. Yes, they don't have a relationship with no. God. No.
0: And which would you rather have?
1: A relationship yeah, with absolutely. God. That's right. You know, like I I have been incredibly blessed to, to be in a situation where I could you know, chase up a relationship with God. And Mm. I live that life now and I I praise God for that. But I'm just like, you know, how can we do our best? Because this is talking about kids participating in sports. And kids participating in sports is often actioned by their parents. You know, they're like, they see the kid maybe has an interest in, in soccer at school. It's like, okay, I'll take them to the local soccer field. Or, oh, my kid has an interest in football or golf or something like that. You know, how can we... As, as parents, as Christians, as people who want others to have a relationship with God, how can we find that balance where it's like we let them participate in sport because it's good for their health, it's good for their well-being, and it's good for their mind, as we can see here. It help them to, helps them to develop perseverance and grit, um, whilst at the same time helping them maintain a loving relationship with God where they say, oh, actually, sports isn't the most important thing in life. Is. Yeah,
0: sports is a great way to get some exercise, to have some fun with people, to learn some resilience, uh, but it's not a way – it doesn't become your life. That's that's mm. the really important thing. I had a really interesting uh, – many years ago when my kids were getting their licences, uh, before my oldest you know, went for his peas, I, I took him down to the local – driving instructor and say hey can you do a couple of laps around the block with him just to make sure that he's up to speed on stuff and and uh the guy was like you know obviously didn't didn't know the background of where he was coming from whether he was you know because i hadn't fully explained it but one of the first questions he asked was like is he driving auto or manual i like manual and the second question he asked is he a gamer Is he play sports i'm like neither mm. uh, but he has a paddock bash i was like oh that's the gold standard Mm. i'm like why do you ask He says, well with gamers i can only ever start them on an automatic (laughs) and then take them across to a manual whereas if they're playing football i'll start them straight on a manual every time wow yeah i thought that was just you know anecdotal but very very telling as to you know the impact of just getting outside getting fresh air and learning how your body moves and works
1: wow that's incredible But, yeah, I think there's definitely such a blessing in that, but we just need to be wary of where is God in our lives. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, we're going to have another clue for the quiz, and that clue is Ithema, Ithema was the son of blank. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. This is a pretty. This is kind of a tough one. Starting, that is a tough one. <laughs> starting <laughs> starting this. Let me read it again. Itamar is spelled I T H A M A R.
0: I always called him Ithamar.
1: Ithamar. Ithamar was you, the son of blank 0491 064 669 if you know the answer you can go into the drawer to win our daniel and revelation great prophetic books of daniel and revelation bible study journal as well as understanding the book of daniel and revelation by mark finley either a book edition or an audio edition but you are listening to the breakfast show and right now we it has come time for our interview of today which is with the one and the only jeremy dixon jeremy are you there with us
2: I'm here. Good
1: to hear from you. Ah, fantastic. Now, we are, again, super grateful to have you on the show to continue to talk about all things healthy, amazing, uh, vegan, and tasty food.
2: (laughs) Yes, very exciting stuff.
1: In fact, I, actually, I was at a cafe yesterday, and I saw you know a few of your cookbooks around, and I was like, man, these people they've got the they've got the sauce right here. But now I get to I get to come to you directly and and ask you questions. And uh, today we're going to be particularly focusing on what can we put in our freezers? You know what?
2: Yeah, the freezer is probably your biggest friend in the kitchen. It's the place where you can stock it up with some really cool, inexpensive, healthy ingredients, so that when you want to get a really meal underway, you've got some stuff at your fingertips that can just transform a meal from being boring to awesome very, very quickly.
1: Wow. All right. Well, then we can can just get into it. How is it that we can have a freezer stocked with stuff that will just enable us to eat incredible meals?
2: Yeah, so the best thing about a freezer is you can kind of store fresh stuff and it lasts there for months and months and months. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's some great ingredients you can kind of stock your freezer up with. Um, so, the, probably the first thing I love having in my freezer is frozen berries. Okay. And you got, you know, um, and frozen fruit. Blueberries, mangoes, strawberries, cherries, there's, there's a massive range. Mm-hmm. And you can, number one, you've got an instant amazing smoothie right at your fingertips. Yeah, for sure. Just throw a banana, some plant based milk, and some berries, and you've got yourself an instant smoothie. If you've got waffles or any kind of dessert, you can bring them out and warm them up in a, in a few seconds in a pan. Um, perhaps even put a little bit of like our root and water in them to kinda put of a little glaze on them. Uh, but you've got an instant fingertips, any kind of kind of fruit you want.
1: Mm. So, dude, I, I totally I, I, for a little bit there, I was really into smoothies. I had like a little smoothie maker at home, and it was just I just get the berries out, the frozen banana, and I, I wouldn't even use milk. I was just I would just I was just like a water guy because I liked it watery. And it's yeah. just go to like it's so easy, and you got something that tastes amazing, and also something that you can serve to others. Now, if you want to serve it to others, and you can make it a little bit more nice by adding some some milk or something. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly.
1: But you've just got to go to like, hey, do you want to have a smoothie? You know, you with your friends and you can get it done. How good.
2: Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. The next thing is really cool is some of your kind of green vegetables and often mm. when you're like, cooking a stir fry or a curry or any kind of meal, a lot of meals end up by default hitting brown and yellow and orange, mm. which is kind of quite, not bad, but it's kind of a bit boring. But you take one of those, those particularly when you cook cooked the ingredients, they generally hit in that color direction. So at the end of a meal, you really want to fire in some really good green stuff. that Not only visually brings it alive, but throws some instant kind of fresh and healthiness into any kind of meal. So I've always got my freezer stocked with, you know, um, even um, frozen peas, frozen spinach, mm-hmm. frozen green beans. Um, you've got broad bean, beans, faba um, beans, endami, which is soybean. So some really cool green stuff in your freezer. And especially in winter, when those things are often really hard to get, you've got at your fingertips. So you might be finishing a stir fry or a curry, but at the end of it, you just kind of just grab the freezer, throw a few handfuls of a couple of ingredients in, give it a stir around, and about probably 60 seconds it heats through, mm. and you just transform your dish, made it fresher and, and bright and amazing.
1: Mm. And when it comes to those ingredients, I think particularly when it comes to like, I don't know, frozen spinach, for example, are you losing anything for freezing it for you know, a period of time rather than having it fresh?
2: Well, a lot of the frozen people they re- and I've never actually verified this, but they reckon that frozen food can actually have more minerals and vitamins because they snap freeze it, they harvest the peas or the spinach, they freeze it straight away, so it's got all the vitamins and minerals in it, whereas obviously you've got something fresh, it can still sit in warehouses and supermarkets for, uh-huh. for a couple of weeks. so it's really good to um it's really it's a really fresher way of having things. So some some people reckon that frozen stuff can actually be, have more stuff in it than, um, than fresh. I can't verify it,
1: but I've heard that. That is incredible. That is that is good news. Because then, like, that's, just, that, that's encouraging because it means, like, oh, man, I'm not missing out by, by eating frozen food because often the frozen stuff is cheaper than the fresh stuff. And exactly. And you don't have to necessarily worry about, oh, it's cheaper because I'm getting a lesser product. Actually, potentially, are getting something better.
2: Exactly, and particularly winter when those things are hard to find or you've forgotten to. I mm. mean, um, you you want to come and you want to cook a meal and you haven't actually got the fresh stuff that day from the supermarket, so it's really good to just have it there at
1: your fingertips. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. Well, so we've got we've got berries and fruits, we've got veggies. What else can we chuck in the freezer?
2: Well, in terms of veggies, there's some other stuff coming through, and you kind of want to troll through your your kind of the freezer at your supermarket because you can kind of find in the back spaces of your supermarket freezer some really cool stuff and it, it seems to be becoming more popular. Um, frozen cap, uh, diced caps is quite cool as well. Mm. Um, that can just go into a meal stage, you happen to buy it fresh and chop it up. I've even found diced pumpkin um, which you know can be a bit of a burdensome ingredient to have to to skin and everything so that's a really great thing to try into a mm. cherry so yeah definitely check out for the vegetable section in your freezer or your supermarket. and see what you can find to pop in there um, the next thing which I think is the most valuable thing I have in my freezer and use it all the time is frozen chickpeas mm. so what you do is you go and cook your chickpeas in bulk so basically you get I'll, I'll probably get two or three kilos of dry chickpeas put them in a big pot soak them overnight drain the water off and then cook them up for that probably takes an hour, and you've got, you know, cooked chickpeas, I put them in little plastic containers, you know, the type of takeaway, take-away containers, put stock the freezer up, and and the cost of mm-hmm. like a, of your own chickpeas compared to canned chickpeas, and I once compared it, it was like, you know, 30 cents a can compared to $2.50 a can. Like, if you save huge amounts of money, wow. stock your freezer with these chickpeas, and what you do is anytime you want to make, for example, hummus, add something to a stir fry you take the chickpeas out of the freezer just run some hot water over them for like about a minute and they are ready to go to make instant hummus, instant stir fries or whatever you want to go. So chickpeas and also the same thing applies to any kind of bean or lentil or legume mm. at your fingertips. Super cheap, super nutritious and they seem to be a lot nicer than the ones you find in canned. Well canned chickpeas and beans can be, a, you can use them but always much nicer when you cooked them yourself, much softer and just Mm.
1: Oh, that's awesome! So now, now I kind of hack in the system here rather than go into the cans, you know, get in, get in that, chuck it in the freezer. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome.
2: So it's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, other thing, another thing in the freezer that's quite cool is ginger. Mm. So buy a, 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 like a big, you know, like a, a ginger root, and um, keep it in your freezer. And when you want to use it, bring it out and just grate it over your food. And because it's frozen, it grates quite nicely, even the skin and all. So you can have like a curry or a stir-fry, and just at the end, or even at the beginning, just grate some frozen ginger into it using like one of those or micro-graters. They mm-hmm. have um, like little, little kind of serration. And you kind of get like this nice flavour some sprinkling of ginger through your meal. Uh, you can do thing with turmeric as well. You can buy turmeric in um, kind of um, pieces these days, turmeric root. So having those two things in your freezer to grate over a meal just to get that little extra zing, is, um, is really cool as well.
1: Ah, oh, that's fantastic. That is, I love, I've come to really love and appreciate gender, uh, gender, ginger, as I've gotten older. <laughs> um, it's it's yeah. amazing. But yeah, like to just chuck it on top of anything. Ah, oh, that sounds fantastic. Fantastic. Now we've kind of we've kind of made our way through a couple of different like food groups and staples here. Whether it's you know fruit and different kinds of veggies that have different applications. Um, like what what else? Like uh, I feel like we're almost covering a spectrum. But is there lots of other stuff that we that we can we can chuck in the freezer to use to cook?
2: Well, another thing I always have in my freezer is a block of tofu. I think we discussed oh, yes. this before. We frozen tofu it kind of gives the crystal structure breaks it up and gives it kind of a chewy, chickeny kind of texture. Mm. So um, you always buy your tofu. Make sure you drain it first because you don't want a block of ice. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you buy, buy your tofu, you generally cut a hole in the pack and just drain the water out and throw mm. it in the freezer. And you can just bring that out, put it in a bowl of hot water for five minutes and you've got to tear it up into shreds and you've got a really nice protein, tofu-y kind of chickeny kind of thing to, to throw in a hot pot or a stir fry. Mm. That's always really cool as well. Um, the other thing I've been doing lately, I've been getting into wattles Oh, okay. Um, and I make my own waffles. I've got a really cool waffle recipe. And I make these waffles, and you freeze them. And it's like having bread in your freezer that you've got fresh waffles. What, you bring the waffles out of the freezer, throw them in the toaster for a minute, and you've got like fresh waffles that you can use for either sweet or savory. Mm. Um, so um, you're yeah, making your own waffles up and freezing them is a really cool thing as well.
1: Wow. Oh, dude, we're getting, we're getting all the hacks. Yeah, I, I, dude, you know, when you get your bread straight out of the freezer, chuck it in the toaster, but, dude, waffles. That's like the, we're talking gourmet here. We're taking some some serious steps into having an incredibly tasty breakfast.
2: But the, the waffles, are, the recipe I've got, and I'll be in my next cookbook, that's coming out this year. are just so quick and amazing, and they're buckwheat and chickpea waffles. Mm. So you basically put one cup of chickpeas, one cup of buckwheat into a blender with two cups of water mm-hmm. and a little bit of salt blend it up, make waffles out of that because I've, I've traditionally had a lot of trouble making waffles they generally stick to the waffle wire and etc mm-hmm. so but this recipe is actually really good um, and I, yeah so I've always got chickpea buckwheat waffles they're all gluten free so really healthy in my freezer at all times so if you've got some friends around on Saturday night looking out the frozen berries um, make up a bit of pear and cashew cream, and you get yourself an instant amazing dessert. And it's just you can you can prepare it in minutes.
1: Mm. And obviously, you know the key ingredient to waffles: maple syrup. Just chuck that all <laughs> over, <laughs> and then do that. That is actually that that takes me back to like you know, we used to do this breakfast thing before church where we, this was like years and years ago, we'd eat waffles, yeah. we'd eat waffles before yeah. church and yeah. oh, it was just the best like, and we actually were eating vegan waffles as well. So we're using buckwheat um, too and they're just fantastic. I, I am a proponent for, for waffles. So, oh man, just straight in the freezer, straight out, bada bing, bada boom, and you've got an incredible meal.
2: Yeah, definitely, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, good. And another vegetable I forgot was actually uh, frozen corn's quite quite cool as well. Mm. Um, so you can use frozen corn and like, um, it's really cool in like a corn chowder. Um, so you can make like a really nice thick soup with some cashew butter or something, make corn fritters. So um, having in the freezer are far cheaper and fresh than using canned corn. Uh, not even really against canned corn, but yeah, frozen corn's really cool. Although one rule is you never want to use, corn and canned peas in the same dish, mm. or else it just looks like a cafeteria meal. So if you're using sorry, frozen corn or frozen carrots or frozen peas, just use one of them, not combination, because it looks like that horrible, you know, that um, that kind of, um, um, you know, mixed veggie mix that a lot of, you know, low-grade places tend to use.
1: Mm okay oh yeah if you want to get that presentation then you've got to do it right oh that's so awesome hey jeremy is there is there anything else we could put in our freezer that will bless us or you know i'm like surely we're running out of things to put in the freezer the freezer <laughs> seems pretty full now
2: and of course the obvious thing is you know you're making your own gals your hot pots or whatever make a bit or soup make a bit extra throw them in your plastic containers oh, nice. get some takeaways or whatever uh, so you're having your freezer stocked with all the things you've made you've got instant meals um, so just rip them out, throw them in a pot, and um, yeah, anything left over, um, yeah, you can get really organised and you can have quite a few days of meals. So I'm really into just having stuff you can cook up really quickly because you come home hungry and tired, you kind mm. of just want something that, that's really easy. So you make sure you freeze stuff off um, and it can last months and months in there. So it's, um, it's a really, really cool device to have in your home. So I recommend your yeah, people stock it up and um, and use all those, those um wonderful goodies in there and I'll the thing is when you are cooking at the end of any dish you're making you kind of want to stop, look and taste and go, this is good but hey what little thing can I add to turn this from good to awesome mm. uh, what little ingredient, what colour what flavour, what texture, what freshness, what can I do to add to make this awesome and often the answer lies, something in your freezer so go to your freezer, have a peruse around and there's an awesome ingredient you can pull out and throw in something you've made just
1: to make it amazing. Amazing. Jeremy, thank you so much. We are going to continue on with the show right now. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: Things a little bit different when we talk to Jeremy due to uh, being able to coordinate with time zones in New Zealand, and Mm -hmm. so we're having more serious news now rather than then. But before we do, we have another question for our quiz. After being pulled out of the reeds, who nursed Moses? Okay.
1: 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. And if you do, you can win, firstly, the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, the Bible study journal, where you've got the verses, you've got the lines underneath, where you can take notes, become your own theologian. And then we have, as well, a commentary called Understanding Daniel and Revelation, either in audiobook form or in regular book form, and you'll be able to listen along to that, to read Daniel Revelation, to take notes, to understand better and understand what is happening in our future. But again, that question was, after being pulled out of the reeds, who nursed Moses?
0: All right. If you know the answer, then give us a call. But we're going to talk about country living here this morning, which is a subject I believe is a very important one. If you stop and think about human beings, when they were first created, they were placed in a garden. They were not placed in a city. God did not build an apartment for Adam and Eve. Mm. He built them a garden. <laughs> yeah. I think this is really significant when we consider this particular subject. I mean, look. At, you look at Abraham. Abraham was told to leave the city mm. and that he would be better off living in the country in a tent. Lot, of course, reversed that procedure and look how that went for him. He moved mm. from the country back into the city and we could go through, you know, pretty much one example after another, after another, after another from the Bible of the advantages of living in the country. Well, new research has just come out here in Australia that shows that people in the country across the board are happier and this follows along the lines of every other piece of research that's ever done which reveals that the closer people live to each other, the less happy they are and the higher the level of mental illness. God never designed human beings to live in a vertical human filing cabinet, otherwise known as an apartment block. Mm. I did my time in apartment block. I made it for what four and a half months. I believe it was pretty rough <laughs> all right so uh, these are some of the survey questions here uh, first of all, I ask people in the country are more people so they're sorry they ask people across the board are more people moving to your community mm living in the country said, yes, more people are moving to our community. In the city, only 59% of people said yes. Mm. So it's good to see people waking up. They're starting to figure it out. COVID has come along and shown that you no longer need to live in the city. You can work from home a lot of the time. And so they're Mm. like, well, why would we? Mm. The second thing is uh, for country people versus city people, are you optimistic for the next 12 months? Uh, 74% of country people were optimistic for the next 12 months and 65% of city dwellers were optimistic for the next 12 months. Uh, Then uh, the next one was, okay, but uh, do you have any anxiety about the next 12 months? So you can be optimistic but still have anxiety Mm. Uh, in the country. 44% of people said, yes, we have some anxiety over the next 12 months. Yeah, there's things going on in our world. Mm. Uh, But in the city, it was 54%, 10% higher in the city. Okay, satisfaction with life. Uh, 30% of people living in the country were satisfied with their life. And this is a really significant one because you cannot have greater wealth than contentment. Mm. You cannot be wealthier than content. Because, you know, people are like, oh, I could always use a little bit more money and if I had a little bit of money I'd do this or that or the other thing, I'd be less stressed. That's not actually the case. It's not actually how it works. The greatest wealth that you can ever achieve is contentment and those in the country are 30% of them are satisfied with their life. In the city, cop this, 13%. 13% That's of That's a people. big gap. That's a massive gap. Only 13% of city dwellers are satisfied with life. Wow. Okay, do you feel like you are part of a community? Now, this one will surprise you because, obviously, if you live out in the bush, then you are a long way separated from other people. Mm. You don't get to see other people very often, whereas if you live in an apartment block, you are seeing your neighbours literally every day. Mm. You pass them, you you know bump into them and so forth. Part of your community, country people, 26% said, yes, we're a part of our local community. City people said were said they were part of their community at a rate of just ten percent. Mm. So the closer people are living to each other, the less they are having to do with each other. That's interesting. Uh, then finally, this question came up. Uh, do you have poor? do you consider your mobile phone access to be poor? fifty three percent of country people said yes. Ten percent of city people said yes. I'm not quite sure why they threw that particular question into the survey, but I'm very interested by it because it seems the less access we have to mobile phones, the happier we are. Oh wow. Just an interesting thought right there. <laughs> Something to, you know, take that one back and So have a you're think about saying
1: it. that if someone calls me in, in regards to maybe work or whatnot, I should just ignore them because then I'll be happier.
0: Yeah, you just set your phone off and you'd be happier. Yeah, just get rid of the thing. <laughs> just, 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 just don't even have one.
1: La- uh, <laughs> Shell to me, Lawson. Can you please come in? You need to speak on radio, and I'm like, well, I, I can't. I can't
0: read this text message because my phone is switched up. Because my phone doesn't exist anymore. I threw <laughs> it in a lake. <laughs> uh, I think that country people have other ways of getting around the lack of having. Well, clearly they do because they thrive. Mm. In that environment, okay. Let's talk about famine. The Bible says that famine will be a major symbol of uh, a major sign of the times in the last days. And we have seen a reduction in famine over the last twenty years, which has been a good thing. Mm-hmm. It has not solved the world's food problems by any stretch of the imagination. Until the last couple of years, in the last, uh, well, in twenty twenty one, there were a hundred and fifty million more women. Suffering from malnutrition than in two thousand and eighteen mm. so now this is not just a total uh, number of people who are suffering from famine. this is only one gender, and that is women and it, it is how many more there were than in two thousand and eighteen there's one hundred and fifty that's a big number, one hundred and fifty million mm. number of reasons for this. Uh, First of all, we focused on uh, vaccine at the expense of feeding, so we stopped food production while we got everybody vaccinated. Mm. And we did find that we could vaccinate the world, but we couldn't feed the world, which was kind of weird. But Mm. anyway, that took place and that has had a massive impact on food production globally, which the world has not uh, been able to catch up with. You know, the supply lines, the delivery, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Then you have Russia and U- Ukraine, which together account for 30% of global wheat production and 20% of global maize, uh, which are both now out of the equation. So that's 30% of you know two major staples right there. We probably need to start eating rice until China invades Taiwan and then what are we going to do? Uh, go back to potatoes, I guess. Mm. Um, but then it was interesting because they were looking at this gender split as well and looking at the different way that women... Relate to uh, famine and malnutrition, etc. Starvation is the blunt word of using for it. Uh, and they notice that women have higher rates of unemployment. Mm. Uh, they are more likely to have other mouths to feed or to be caring for dependents than men. And men are more likely to share food with their children, whereas women are more likely to not eat. Mm. And so if you've got a man who's going to work every day, and he needs that little bit of energy then he'll divvy up the food between himself and his children whereas a woman generally tends to just sacrifice herself and not eat wow. and so there's a much higher rate of women who are suffering from malnutrition than what men are so interesting interesting uh, research right there uh, particularly to see famine which you know we were sort of getting on top of until yeah. covid and War in Europe came along, and now we're kind of back to square one again.
1: Yeah, feminists consistently felt like such a solvable problem. Yes. But it's never solved. Particularly because half of all the food that is produced by the world is never eaten. Mm. This goes into waste. That's right. And it's like, okay, so we have enough. But then now we're finding ourselves
0: in a situation where it seems like we don't. No, we don't. Mm. Very quickly, the uh, number of uh, the Baptists have got together to, to define what the word pastor means. Oh, okay. Yes. And they came up with this profundity one who fulfills the pastoral office and carries out the pastor's functions. This is the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, the New Orleans the- Baptist the- Theological Seminary, and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Mm-hmm. So I thought, wow, you know some really smart people there wow Maybe wait a said- pastor get this is a pastor yes thanks for
2: being a part of the Faith FM family join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM